it, it it came to my attention uh another community member of mine fellow friends out there content creators are like i saw it <laughs> i saw it up there and it's called are you ready for this embers adrift embers adrift now i went and did a little bit of research and <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Sorry, sorry. It's funnier when you already know exactly where it's going. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um. Okay. Welcome to the party. We are looking for more your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I am joined today by our returning party members. Let's welcome back the Nathan Napalm. Hey, glad to be here. <laughs> welcome back, Renfell. Hello, greetings, everyone. All right, man. Hey, We've got a show for you today. We were uh, we were planning on doing one last week, but I'm afraid that uh, my internet was uh, a little bit in the dust. Uh, but those issues have since been resolved. So before we uh, we get too far into the show today, got to give a big shout out to all the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. Thanks for keeping this party's bags packed, provision stock for adventures here on the show. Um, also, you can call in to leave us a voicemail if you so choose at one five three nine six six four six eight zero one. And you can shoot us a message over at thelfmshow at gmail.com. And some grunt somewhere will get that to us to read on the show as well. Um, I don't think we had any five-star reviews to read today. So I'm going to skip that. And if I missed one, I promise I'll, I'll get it next time. I'll catch it next time. But uh, man, gentlemen, how the hell you been? It's been a minute. We all been up to? Man, I've been filming, dude. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I've been watching film clips. <laughs> I've seen I've some been of that. filming been filming for my D and D uh, adventure campaign. My wife actually got so excited when she started seeing the finished product. She it's it's enough now you can kind of test it out and mm -hmm. do different things and make your decisions. She got so excited that she quit her job. It was like, hey, let's just pull time, let's get this done. Really? So Are you for now, real? Yeah. No, yeah, you're way. for real. I'm dead serious. She she's so excited, like how and she's never let me let me point out my wife's never really anything I've ever done. She's kind of like, eh, yeah, okay, sure. You know, this is the first time she's ever been like, oh my god, this is uh this is legit. Dude, that's epic. Yes. Yeah, so we we think we can we'll we'll have it testing uh to the members next week. Mm -hmm. um, and then we think oh, you know, take their take their feedback and stuff reapply it next maybe two weeks so yeah. uh, about three weeks it should be oh out. dude oh man this is exciting i wish i could tell this people about it stuff. but we we no, have we good can. reason no i've i've leaked it I've oh, have leaked you it, so yeah I've told us, everybody talk, let's, let's, let's talk about it dude you want to share that whatever you want to share yeah man. yes so uh not gonna take too much time basically what it is it's a dungeons and dragons choose your own adventure campaign and it's so the sick. entire it's the entire campaign of a. Uh, uh, the Lost Minds of Fandelver. Um, so all the quests and adventures and all the stuff, uh, the dungeons, everything from that entire campaign, uh, we've went out and searched the world, finding locations that match. And what we couldn't match, I built. And um, I've been working on it for a year, um, a little bit over a year, really. And um, 
basically you can uh, play through it. Um, so I've got puppets for all the creatures. Some of them are full uh, full body suits. Some of them are hand puppets. Um, uh, it's it's pretty epic, man. And uh, but the cool thing is, is like even if you're going like let's say you're like I want to go to Fandelver. Mm-hmm. Well, depending on when you decided to go to Fandelver. You're going to meet different NPCs. It's yeah. going to be a different time of day, so different things are happening there. And, and it's like that through the whole adventure. Yes. So you could literally almost play it the exact same way in another playthrough, make one tiny different decision at any point, and it derails you into totally different Can thing. confirm. Can yeah. confirm. Very cool. Yeah, I was very, yep. very, I was very, very, uh, it was cool, dude. When I did, when he, because he, he, we got to, we got a little bit of a sneak peek, and I'm not saying anything yeah. about it. But I'm just gonna say, like, I did it multiple times through, and I was like, "Holy shit, dude! This is a this is elaborate." Yeah, and that was my uh, that was my um, yeah test, right? Like, yes. Can I do this? Does it work? You it know, does. Is it fun? Yeah, it so. does. Uh, dude, I'm super excited about this project you've been working on, man. Oh, and I'm not gonna say what I saw. This is me being a tease here. People hate when I do this shit, and they love it at the same time. But whatever, dude, the effects that you added. For some of the yes. stuff you've shown, I was like, "That is good, dude. That is so <laughs> yeah. good." I'm yeah. like, "This is gonna be so fucking good, dude." There's just, I can't, it, for the life of me, see how this isn't just gonna boom, dude. It's gonna be so mm-hmm. nice. I hope so. Dude. I'm promoting the hell out of it because it's just a good time. It's awesome, yeah. dude. It's freaking awesome. Yep, yeah, we're, we're going all in. We're going all do in. It, dude, do it, dude. Do it. We cool. got your back around here. That's for damn sure. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, man. that's gonna be awesome to share out. Plus, it's really cool when you when your wife quits her job to help you with it. You know yeah. that you're doing something that's yes, that's absolutely. fun. And also, when everybody's all in like that, it's it's not even a matter of yeah. of if; it's a matter of when does it blow yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, so that's cool. Yeah. Now, now I would like to mention I do not have permission from Wizards of the uh, Coast to do it, right? So I'm presenting it as I'm your dungeon master, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's allowed, right? Yep. I'm allowed to present their campaign yep. as a dungeon master, right? So I did not do acting as in voice actors, etc. I am literally your dungeon master through the whole adventure telling you what's happening, yep. what people say. You might decide what you say or what uh, your someone in your party says, etc. But... <laughs> I had to do it that way or else if I'd have made it more like a movie where with voice actors, et cetera, um, I would have ran into uh, ramifications probably with Wizards of the Coast. But the right. way I did it, I may actually get support from Wizards of the Coast. I would Coast, see right? that. That's absolutely. Which we hope is not going to happen. I do I too. Hope I hope so. Cause yeah. Uh, let me tell you something. I'll go full time making Dungeons and Dragons adventures oh, in a heartbeat. Dude. Yeah. Oh. But, but, before we change subjects, I yes. just want to say, too, that the caves are real. We crawled down in caves. I mean, we have done the craziest stuff, dude. We've, we we explored, I think it was uh, 30-something. My wife actually has it down because she was taking notes like, okay, maybe we could use this spot that was here. This was there. Uh, it was 30-some caves we just crawled into and was like with flashlights. Oh. Like, is this a good one to film? You know? Like, <laughs> Do some raid back in there, you know, <laughs> so the spiders didn't get us. Uh, it, it's wild. Yeah. So it's like real caves, real locations. Um, s- some of them are too fantastical, right? Um, so I had to create some of them. Uh, but besides the ones too fantastical, this is all re- like filmed on location at crazy spots around the place that we could find. Mm-hmm. That's so very cool. cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, I want you to know that I have every intention, right? of playing through this with my community 
and, and covering the shit out because it looks oh, like yeah. a good time, dude. Yeah, it'll be fun to stream because you can pause it and be yes. like, all right, chat, what are we doing? You know, and, and yes. like I said, there is yes. a, a ton of a ton of things can happen to you from the yeah. from the awesome to the absurd to the I mean, it's just all over the place. Yeah, so, this is like we talk all the time about how like it's this element of being able to interact and like as a community do something. So like this has got single up like single player. Single players are going to thrive doing this for their own little fun time, right? Yep. Communities are going to thrive doing this for their own fun time, right? And then you blame the guy who made the decision or blame everybody who we all chose wrong. We failed. We suck at life. We did the wrong thing. It's good, man. It's going to be good. And uh, I'm excited. I'm freaking excited about it, dude. And based on the, the clips you sent to those ones that I unfortunately, I mean, they're there, but I can't share them. It's a damn shame. But uh, they looked, they're, you, I can tell no, you step the, it up the, a lot. The clips I shared with you, you can share to your community if you want. Oh, because I'm, because I'm, I'm, I've Ooh. been slipping, I've been slipping those around. So, um, those are I'm all gonna, totally. Those I'm are going into my Discord. I'm going to share them. Yeah, yeah. post show. So. If I share them, I'm very careful of what I've shared so far. Perfect. So, if I've shared it with you guys, you can share it with anybody. Um, <laughs> so and and another, another cool thing, guys. I just want to throw this out there because um, this is fairly new from. Uh, uh, last weekend of filming um i found some tricks in youtube <laughs> that allowed me to make some like super rare like hard to find options right like uh, I, I did some i did some youtube wizardry and i figured out um how to hide some options nice. and what's cool about this series is i can watch by the views and see how many people have taken a certain path right Absolutely. so as people are watching i can go through and be like oh man only 43 people have been here only 20's been here you know so it makes it to where i can track like yes. what is the most popular options and that will help me on the next campaign yeah. which um and, and i'm sorry we're talking way too long about this, no we're but, not no we're um, not the the essentials kit, you guys remember that when Dungeons Dragons yeah. first there was a star set that's lost minds. Then they did the essentials kit, which was called uh, the Dragons of uh, uh, Ice Peak, right? Um, those campaigns can easily be slid in together, right? So I'm going to do Ice Peak next, and the adventures are going to intertwine. Like you'll be able to, because they take place in the same general area, right? So there'll be NPCs pointing you over into the old quest and ways to loop back from the old quest into the new quest. And so eventually both these campaigns will actually be one gargantuan campaign, right? So that's really cool that I can expand it like that, almost like an expansion, right? And it's a, it's a video series. So it's super <laughs> It's so good, dude. I'm uh I'm gonna be linking these in the Discord here after the show. But as we're going through, if you see me popping them up on screen. I'm just going to do the the GIF files because those are fun to see and everything. I'm totally going to show yeah. those. I'm just going to like, yeah, we're going to do it. But um, exciting, dude. What what about you, Renfo? What have you been up to, man? Uh, in a similar vein, uh, but not D&D related, but for our own tabletop, because we're mm -hmm. doing a fifth edition fantasy setting with Project Dramond. Uh, I've gotten pretty much everything prepped and ready. It was hardcore maps the last few weeks. We announced, yes yesterday or the day before yesterday we're actually taking applications now for play testers who want to join us to play test the first of the campaign modules which is going to start on April, uh, august 4th i should say 
Um, and we're going to be streaming those live on YouTube, playing through Roll20, taking between three and seven other people with us. So if you want to join the playtest for those, you can have it ho- head over to my Patreon, which we'll talk about that later on in the, at the end of the show for the links to all that. Um, so I've just, I've just been working on that. And then the last three days, I finally started working on book one of the book series. So I've been working on the prologue, which actually... It'll be published later in July. My wife's working on the artwork for that right now. Once that goes live on Patreon, that prologue is it sets the scene for what's going on in the city of Parthana during that first campaign mm-hmm. module, which I think is going to be like level one to three. It's yeah. going to be played out over like I'm assuming, depending on role play and dice rolls and et cetera, it'll be probably. 10, 12 hours of a campaign. We'll see spread out over a few sessions. So that's what I've been working on the past few weeks. Um, pretty hardcore on top of, you know, just regular game stuff. But that's my primary objective right now is we're getting all that prepped. Nice. And then my brother is slowly but surely getting the demo ready for the single player point and click. So how many testers exactly are you wanting? What's Max of eight. Um, okay. Yeah, it's it's my brother's playing a character because he wants to go through, so he's counting as one, and so we were going to take a total of eight, so it's up to seven other people. Um, minimum of, I, you know, we could probably go through with two other people plus him, but I said, you know, three people, you know, minimum yeah, of yeah. like two, three other people plus him is what we'll go through as a minimum, and then we'll go up to a maximum of eight, because I don't want to DM for more than eight people. That gets a little chaotic with... Mm time because you got too many people wanting to talk about decisions and not actually taking action and the role play can be quite fun but i also want although here's the thing if it goes well enough uh because we're the plan is that we're going to stream it uh on on youtube with people who actually want to be participating in voice chat and and doing you know being on camera and doing voices and everything else so it could turn into this thing that goes popular on youtube and roll 20 and if that's the case I don't know where it'll go from there, but the idea is, yeah, we'll do it with three to eight people and, and, you know, five, six, possibly eight sessions is for what is, this first one's for. Uh, is there going to be a, um, like a meeting before you would go live where you could kind of, um, where people are going to get to practice the rule set, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and so they kind of have a feel for it. At least. Also. Yeah. Cause it's, it's fifth edition based. So we're doing mm-hmm. the OGL. We're doing the open game license with D and D. But obviously we have our own unique. There are some things that are unique, which are some of the classes. And the way I've set things up is because we have the Church of the Elderways, which is like the entity for the humans, but they deal with quantum technology. And that's how they cast spells. So in, in our world, paladins do not have a divine source of magic. Paladins, clerics, inquisitors are all drawing their magic from the quantum realms. And so they cast via these technological devices that they have, whereas elemental spellcasters are your traditional like mages and wizards. So there is a little bit to learn there, and there are some unique classes that I've got set up. Um, but for the most part, because it's 5e compatible, I'm actually the one who has to learn a little bit because I'm not that up to date with 5th edition because I'm a 2nd edition AD&D guy. So I've been having to there get up go. to speed with a lot of the 5th edition stuff. But yeah, the plan is that uh, in in like the week before, we might have a couple of meetings um, to go over the – because I got to give I got to give everybody the the core document, which is what I'm working on next week. Because it's ready, I just have to add all of Christina's artwork to it, and then give it a polish pass. Once that PDF's ready, that's like a 30-page PDF, which people will have access to. And then the way the campaign is working is that I've actually got, 
you know, traditional campaign model module, as you know, it's already written in a book form and you've got three, four, five, six options for all the choices that the players make. So what I've done is I have the general story that I know needs to take place for the campaign module. And I have the major story beats that I'm going to be pushing players towards, but the players themselves, the rolls of the dice, the role plays of those five to eight sessions that we play are going to dictate how I actually write that first module in its entirety because their decisions will end up showing up in the campaign module as the options or as some of the options. And then the players who join the campaign, their NPCs are going to be immortalized in the campaign module and in the campaign setting as actual NPCs from the city and in the game world. So it's... Yeah, it's 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 coming together. That's a really smart way to do it because it's always like that, right? Like if you like, even if you're just playing D and D and you're making a, a custom campaign storyline, whatever, and you you think you've got it all the anything all planned out, and no matter how much time you spend on it, you get real people in there and they start saying stuff, and you're like, damn it, why didn't I realize that was what they were doing? <laughs> you know, like obviously that was what they were gonna do. You know, so, dice rolls too. I love to let the dice, dice rolls. rolls. And and that's the one thing I do have a little bit of a unique what I call a flavor system, which it's a mod, it's the D twenty system obviously because it's it's fifth edition compatible. But I have what what I call flavor rolls, and this is a six sided die. And so here's an example, really quick. I don't again, I'm 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 burning time now too. Um, let's uh, say that you roll. Let's say you need to roll a thirteen to hit, but you roll a a twelve. Uh, or excuse me, yeah, let's say you roll a 12, so you missed. But then I might decide, you know what, how badly did you miss? Right. Well, let's roll a six-sided die and role-play that scenario out. And then so four, five, and six is always bad. One, two, three is good. So one, two, three, you missed. Nothing really bad happens. Four, five, and six, it's like a critical miss. Now we're adding some flavor to it, and we're saying, right. well, how badly did you screw it up? I and like the same it. thing the same thing goes, too. If you barely squeak by, like you needed a 14, and you rolled a 14, it's like, well, you hit them, but how barely. good did you do? And you roll a one, it's like, okay, when your arrow flew by, it actually nicked the corner of your buddy's arm. He takes two hit points of damage, <laughs> and, and, and like – gets pushed over to the side because he's like, oh, damn, and he misses huh. his swing. And so there's I, there's I had there's a DM stuff. who did a lot of that, too, is what's interesting. I had a DM one time who, like, if you missed really bad, uh, you might fall down and go prone, right? Yeah. Right? Oh, no. There's... It out, like, you missed so bad, you actually tripped over yourself and fell yes. on the ground. And now, I do that kind of stuff. Advantage. Yeah, I like I, that. That's cool. And I, and yeah. I love the flavor rolls because I, I use flavor rolls for lots of different things. So, yeah, we'll be doing – like a week a week ahead of time we'll do like a a get to do it kind mm -hmm. of phase meeting that's cool so that, yeah that's that's what i've been working on remember that being in a game called saga of leucemia which we're actually going to hit on that game in a little bit some somewhat we're saving the best yeah, for last yeah. <laughs> we're gonna i'm gonna give my little rant and like pose my thoughts and questions and then we're just gonna go deep dive into what the uh that we're gonna go into that um, so we'll, we'll go in and hit on the other topics that we've had on the agenda first, but in terms of like my domain, we're, we're gearing up for ashes alpha. My, my community is actually, as we are doing this podcast, that's right. For those listening, you are a priority. I'm, I could be doing ashes alpha testing right now, but I'm here doing this show because you know, it's, we're dedicated to it. Right. And 
you know, we're going to have to take some time off in the near future, which obviously Ashes is going into no NDA testing. As we, we keep talking about it, the dates have been pushed back, but I can tell you guys, like, since I, like, look, I, I led, like, a, a, a successful um, uh, assault on a keep in their Castle Siege testing. Virtue spearheaded it. We kicked some ass. We took, we took the damn keep. We may or may not have rolled a trebuchet right up into the front gate sort of thing. But look, man, it's testing. Um, my guild's in there. A win. a win is a win with intra mile, right? And my point is, is like they got to a spot like I don't know how it is today because I'm not in there, but they got to a spot where it like felt really good. And so they're continuing to push it. They're really trying to, you know, hit hit these markers that they're trying to hit for like capacity on the server and like reducing the road banding and the lag and all those different elements that were kind of problematic previously. They definitely made a lot of improvements, um, but I'm not in there today, so I can't speak for today. And since there's no verbal NDA in place anymore, we can talk about it, which is cool. Um, speaking of ashes, like they got the no NDA period. So like July 9th, 10th and 11th. You skip two days on the 12th and the 13th of July. And then on the 14th of July through to August 13th are the the proposed and planned no NDA testing periods, meaning people will be streaming it, living in it, recording video footage of it for their stuff and things. I know I'm certainly going to. I've been hustling to get Ashes HQ, the curated website for and covering Ashes of Creation. Uh, I've been busting my ass on that one. That's what's something I've been that's not really new that I've been up to. Um, the testing certainly is, but I guess the one thing I haven't like talked about is there's a there is an MMORPG that's been in development that I've known about for about two and a half months or so, but I haven't really said anything about. Um, Scribbles actually like brought it to my attention via the main developer of it. Um, and I'm not really like talking a ton about it. I'm not like going out and promoting it a ton, but it's called Shattered Relics and it's you know hasn't gone to Kickstarter or anything like that. They they're kind of doing a similar thing where they're trying to like keep it under the radar, only kind of invite like people that know people kind of word of mouth within their circles right now, just to kind of start to building a community around it. Um, I did announce it in my discord. And the reason I did is because I decided to contribute to help because um, I believed in what what they were doing. Um, has a ways to go, uh, but it's very, very, at least from everything that I'm aware of with it, it's very, uh, you know, and I'm aware of a lot. I can't talk about a lot, but I, I am aware of a lot. And it has a lot yeah, of potential. I was gonna, how, did you, yeah. how did you know Scribbles. people from the team? Scribbles. Well, I was, yeah, so I could tell you kind of like how I came to find out about it. And it was, and this was the thing that was like a very big positive for me. And this I could talk about because I talked about it on a stream previously. Um, I'm going to help with story and stuff. That's my domain is I'm going to help with that part. Cause that's where I can contribute to help and I'm willing to, but the, the reason I even know about it at all is because, you know, we've spent months now, how many times do we go back to talking about Kickstarters and how they've done horrible and how they're doing wrong by communities and all this stuff. I mean, we talk about the horror stories all the time. And so the reason I know about it is because scribbles like basically told the head guy, Brad, Hey, you could talk to some creators and one of them that he was like, you can talk to is me to get some feedback on like maybe some do's and don'ts when it goes to like, you know, bringing it to the state where you're trying to get funding for it. And so the thing that first I liked about what was going on wasn't like how much was developed or anything like that. Although to be fair, there's a lot more done than most games that we see going to Kickstarter these games, like a whole lot more done than, than that, um, which I thought was admirable. And the other one was he was really trying to focus on just being very cautious 
about making sure like we really want to make sure we do right by people when we do this and that it doesn't look bad, especially with the, all this stuff that we keep seeing. Yeah, that scares people. It scares, scares a lot of developers to even want to go crowdfunding at all. But, you know, for a lot of developers, it, it's also really important because that's the only way to get there sooner than later. And yeah, um, they have to approach it differently. Yeah, now, right. A lot so different. Like a couple, just a couple of years ago, you could have just ran in with a great idea and um you know a good charisma score and sure. you can roll with it yeah uh, now uh you really gotta i mean it's just not the same game anymore now thanks to uh some yeah, of the other just, games to talk about it's it's gonna be airing next when next monday but we just recorded an episode two nights ago on nice. crowdfunding for nice. the monday's an mrpd show and it's very beneficial that's why i was very curious how you because i i joined the discord after you you it, yeah. shared that link to me that one night and i've i've been watching what's going on and, and i've got lots of questions yeah because of my background and mm -hmm. spending so many years in development of an indie yeah. mmorpg so I had lots and lots of questions. I I do know that it looks like they've spun up a Patreon, so they're they're choosing that option as opposed Currently, to which. In a, yeah. from a from a personal perspective, I much prefer someone to do a Patreon as opposed to a Kickstarter, mm -hmm. as long as because there there can be a little more. Yeah. You can get, you can get more updates. You can get there's a lot more that you could do with Patreon that you, mm -hmm. and, and you can do a lot more tiers and give people a lot different types of access as opposed to just selling pre-orders. Mm -hmm. So it's a great way for people to help you yeah. out without necessarily selling them a product, yeah. which is great for, for these teams who want to generate some funds from helpful supportive people without selling a product yeah. or selling a pre-order, which is very important from a legal perspective because that gets mm -hmm. you into a whole bunch of other stuff. And as long great. as the people understand, and are comfortable with the fact that they're supporting you as an artist, because that's what Patreon is set up for is it's to support content creators. It's to support mm -hmm. artists. It's not necessarily about selling or it didn't start off that way. Yeah, now, of course you can sell products and everything else, but um, it's a different way of doing things. So I did appreciate that. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've I'm at least in their discord and, I, and I'm watching what's yeah. going on. So, um, me some time still we've got some time until you still really see anything but i'm throwing it out there because like you know i'm super critical and i wouldn't be you know me i wouldn't be like even giving it a second's notice if it didn't have potential so still a long road ahead but uh i'm contributing in whatever way i can to hopefully see it successful i mean that's the that's the goal anyway so but that's the bigger thing that i guess is kind of it was not expecting to do it but it actually aligns with a lot of the bigger pieces I'm putting in place for myself because you know anybody who knows me knows I've got like a whole bunch of story for my own stuff that's like just been sitting there for the better part of like 10 to 15 years so um which I'm actually starting to do more with that too um so and it's actually been a lot of fun because uh, <laughs> it's like a whole different story I get to work on this one's actually it's been pretty fun to do too so god I love creating man being a creative person it's just it's such a good experience a and everybody here that's on this show right now has that has that in their nature too which is you know god man it's just like you know it's interesting when you're doing a lot of things that you enjoy but then the thing you do and you thrive doing it it's just like a whole different level of reward to it i have to tell you this the story of of so i in the pre-internet you know i i was in i had a construction company um, third generation, never thought I was going to get out of it, hated every minute of it, but it's what I knew. It's how mm -hmm. I made a living, you yeah. know, through the nineties, et cetera, in the early aughts. And, um, 
I always wanted to be a writer. Always. That's what I wanted to do from the time I was like 12 years old. So I was the annoying kid who would come into English class and like bring his handwritten short stories for his friends to read. And I was the one who was always asking the English teacher if I could do book reports on books that were off the list of approved <laughs> material um, because they want to make sure that you've actually read the book that you're reporting on. And so that's how they keep track of that stuff. So, uh, and I was a good enough student that she always let me go off and do my own thing. Nice. So when I finally had the opportunity, I'll never forget this because it was when I, I just moved to Bulgaria, January of 08. I sold all my tools, sold my truck, shut down the company in like September of the year before. So it only been a few months before. Mm -hmm. Got there. As soon as I got there, like a week into it, we went on a ski trip to Bonsko in, in Bulgaria in the mountains. And I didn't want to go ski. So the like my, my ex-partner at the time, her and her family went off and skied. And I stayed in the chateau mm -hmm. and worked on the short story, The Medallions of Lashiva, which is a short story set in the universe of Sago Vasimi. It's set in the capital city. Wrote that story in two days. The first place I sent it to bought it. Nice. And I immediately said, it's like I have been waiting for like more than a decade for this. I cannot. It was like the first place I sent it to, the first story I ever sat down to write professionally, and the first place I sent it to bought it. I was like, it was like the heavens had parted, and and oh, you are now a writer, and and it was just like the coolest. <laughs> it was the coolest sensation ever, and then to be able to then take that and catapult that into a writing career that. To, I mean, it still is going on to this day, but that's how I made a living for nice. like seven, eight years was as a writer. And uh, it's, being able to do that and to use this to mm -hmm. make a living as opposed to – well, technically you're still using these, but I wasn't having to do physical labor anymore. I was right. able to use my imagination. It was life-changing, literally life-changing. That's amazing, man. And, and I, I, I want to add something into that. So – um Two things I've noticed through my life is that uh, number one, if you stay too busy, it'll kill your creativity. Mm, and if none of it is fueled towards that, right? You can be really busy, but you know, forty percent of it's creative work, and then you're fine. Right. But if you're just like doing actual like busy work, like if you're working in a factory or whatever, and and um, you don't have any time to just think. Uh, and and the problem today is, is a lot of people have that time. But what do they end up doing? They end up wasting it. That time that their brain could have kind of started uh, coming up with these ideas, they waste it yeah. on the phone, right? But yeah, I hate to say because I'm YouTuber and I want you to pull up YouTube, right? But you know they'll pull up YouTube on the drive home. The, they're in the shower. They turn on music. Uh, they get out of the shower. They turn on uh, a show for the background. It's like, dude, you gotta have that quiet time, dude. You got to have it. A drive home. A sitting in bed, thinking, looking up at the ceiling before you go to sleep. Whatever. If you're a creative person, don't kill that, man, because that's when your brain goes into that creative mode and starts coming up with ideas and, and inspiration and all that kind of thing. I just want to mention that because I've noticed that throughout my life that, like, you can totally kill your creative buzz. And I think yeah. if you kill it for too long, it never comes back. I think that's what yeah. happens to a lot of adults, man. Uh, they, they get in this grind and, and, and they kill it and it never comes back. Yeah. It's gone. I had this conversation with a colleague of mine actually back because I – Anyway, in my my uh, my school professional life, what I do in my my main profession, and I essentially I'm not going to talk about too much, but I ran a practice, and I was like, ah, I've got to decide if I'm going to keep doing this or if I'm going to like you know basically shut my private practice down, and I'm going to transition into a role where I can maybe do this sort of work minimally, and 
sustain me, but then also like invest in my creative side because, you know, we, we were talking about like research and the creativity of the mind. And there's like a small percentage of people whose like creativity actually really continues into adulthood and beyond. And, um, I think a big part of that does relate to that, the, you know, the monotony of your day-to-day life and the expectations and obligations of just working the grind, doing the job, paying the bills, ABCD. Yeah. Over and over and over and over. And you don't, really think or invest in anything else uh especially yeah. that creative side because you know you it's easy to view it as a hobby and and not to take it as like i could do this in another way or i could utilize this in some way that's actually gonna allow me to continue to thrive as well and so you know for me it was like you know i talked to my colleague and she was like you know phoenix you're you're young enough you don't have a family yet you're not married you don't have any obligations it's just you I mean, you should go for it because I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? You, you go for it and it doesn't work out. You come back and you can do this anytime. Cause you know, the work's never going to stop. It's always going to be there in the industry I'm in. So it was like, yeah, I mean, she was right. I was like, okay, F it. And so I started to invest in the, you know, the long haul, knowing it was a slow progressive thing for what I want to do, but I've been enjoying it ever, every single day since. Joe Rogan's got a really good episode where he he was talking. I forget who the guest was, but they were talking about the trap that most adults get into, which is that soul sucking nine to five. Oh shit! Now I've got two, three kids. I got a I got a house payment. I got mm-hmm. all these things, and it's like the next thing you know, you're no longer enjoying life. You're just going to a job that you hate because you can't stop because you have bills to pay and you have a family to support and all this other stuff, and it's like. You have to be able to find time. And that's the thing. It's so easy to get on this because it's it's a mm-hmm. it's an escape. We're no different than video games is an FYI. And True. and there's nothing wrong with an escape because you do need to have that time to yourself. But the creative parts of our mind that we all – every child out there, mm-hmm. finger painting and log cabin buildings and building things out of like – what were those popsicle stick things? Oh, my yeah, God, right. Popsicle <laughs> sticks like – we all used to be creative when we were kids. We would build things out of mud and sticks and rocks and finger painting and all that stuff. And at some point, that just goes away because you're told you have to be an adult. You need to be responsible. Mm-hmm. You have to be a, a functioning member of society. You need to contribute. Right. You need to have a job. Oh, fuck that. I, the biggest thing I love about the current era that we're living in, because the creative – the creator – industry existed before the pandemic but the one nice thing about the pandemic is the creator industry has exploded especially i'm i've i started tiktok a few months ago and i'm loving that platform because of the creator community that's on there and i've seen people who there's uh uh the cave of crafting i think is what he's called and he literally makes all these cool like buildings and things for miniatures and his his, it went from it being a hobby to him blowing up, and now he does commissions on Etsy and all this wow. other stuff. Another girl I follow, she like goes out and finds animal bones and skulls in the wilderness and pressure washes them and like makes yeah. uh, Nordic runes out of them and 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 does animal hides and painting with Nordic runes. And she blew up to like ninety thousand followers in like three months because people wanted to buy her products. And it's like there's so many cool creatives that are coming out of this current era that we're living in and it's really good to see that because if you're if you only are doing the rat race that creativity gets stifled because it's like no you need to clock your nine to five and then your commute and yeah right 
it's not and it's not the uh so uh it's not the easy thing to do either right so if if you if you're out there and you're listening to this and you kind of feel this way then uh, all i can tell you is is you just got to do it right like you'll you'll say you don't have time but you do you just everybody's got two hours a day yeah you got to make the time right whatever Mm -hmm. you can afford um you know, I work a I work a, a very demanding job uh, to pay to pay for the bills for my family, right? Uh, 60, 70 hours a week. Uh, so, and then I find time to also spend time with my kids and go do stuff with them, and also to be a content creator, and then to also do projects and whatever creative thing I will do, and play video games on top of that. So, I'm telling you, you can make the time. You might have to go without sleep a little bit, uh, but. You'll get used to it, and uh, you'll be happier. It doesn't hurt. It, it's good. My brother's another example of that um, because what you're just saying. Because so he has a cattle ranch, an excavation company, two kids, and his wife. So he does all of that during the day. Then he works on. He's been working in video games now in game development for going on eight years at nights and on the weekends. He doesn't have as much time to play video games as he would like, um, but he, you know, this summer it's like you know you've got he's got t-ball with his son and he's got the his uh, my niece is like four so she's a little too young to have too many activities but they're still doing like parties with her at church and stuff and so it's all that like what you just said you can find time you just have to decide that i'm not gonna watch you know x factor tonight or whatever your show of the week is i'm gonna go you know i'm gonna go work on this for two hours because everybody's got two hours a night everybody yeah it's just where do you carve those two hours out yeah and 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 for and for some people you know like uh um you know uh like my wife right i've tried since i met her so for over a decade i've tried to get her a hobby right i tried everything uh she just doesn't want to get one you know she she likes to just get off of work and just watch tv uh whatever right like just scroll through facebook for seven hours right like whatever (laughs) that's what she likes though so you know what i just finally was like you know hey that's what she's into right like i felt like she was like missing out on something in life and it's just like so for some people there's not they that is what she likes to do so finally got off her uh got off her ass and let her just be her but i just want to also mention not everybody uh needs that uh creative outlet right some people do like to just bitch yeah it's true and that's okay so i'm not trying that's... we're not trying to shame you no is what I'm trying to if say. you're not a creator you suck <laughs> i'm not trying to shame people right I, I get it there's people that aren't like that it's hard for somebody to understand that though from both spectrums right like mm-hmm. um, my wife is always like holy crap do you ever quit working it's like but i'm like, not really i mean i am working you don't view right? it as work like, yeah i'm doing things but this is actually work come on this is uh this yeah, is that's really what, good time that's what my fiance i was like i, I was like uh, i think it was like my birthday you know it was like the 17th of june was my birthday and so like i think we actually didn't i didn't do it that oh we didn't do the no. podcast and we didn't we do the one after that because that actually happened that's why I was off on the 17th. And she was like, you know, you got to just like, she, she's like, maybe just don't do anything today. Like, <laughs> and I didn't, and it felt recharging, like really recharged. Like, oh, afterwards. Yeah. Uh, you need that too. You know, you need that too. and it's like, you know, I preach to people about self care all the time. And, you know, I'm like, it, it doesn't feel like work to me though. I just like, ah, it's like the next, next goalpost. I got to get it done. But like, sometimes you just got to take a step back and breathe a little bit too, to appreciate what you've been working on. I think, you know, um, yeah but um you know we could talk about we're we're literally 40 minutes into this show and we haven't even touched one effing topic 
but that's what happens when we don't get together every week. This is right? true. It's very well, true, dude. Right. In three weeks, damn it. I know. It's like so. You know, it is what it is, man. I always get the people. <laughs> people like sometimes they're like, I, I get a comment on a podcast I do, and they're like, under under fifty minutes, please. And I'm just like, no, not gonna happen. No, you're you're in the wrong place. Like, how how about this, man? The Lord of the Rings Online new legendary progression servers they launched on the thirtieth yesterday. Yeah. Yes, literally yesterday. Have I mean, I don't know if y'all know a lot about this, right? But there's essentially like two different server types that they're doing. Um, there's one that is like you can progress quicker. And I think the other one, so basically it's like the momentum of which you are able to be like level up, right? That's like what we're looking yes. at here. Is one helps you get there quicker so you don't feel like you're grinding and get too bored. The other one's like, I really just want to immerse and take my my super, 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 super long time to go through it all take it in pain or pace and stride. Um, what do y'all think about the the fact that they're relaunching these? So as a long time, as a long time Lotro player. And I've also, I also played on the the first version of the legendary servers that they did last year, or maybe it was the year before that. Yeah. I think it was was a nor, I think is what it was called. Um, Mm. so I like the fact that they're giving people two options because people who have played the game for years like me can choose the fast option and just go roll some alts with their friends, play some classes that they've never played before, and just blow through it and have fun. If you're coming into it for the first time and you're, you you want to role play and you want to take your time, pick the normal server, like the slow server, because then you will get the most out of it. The reason I would recommend a legendary server as opposed to one of the existing servers is because the existing servers have all been around for years and are extremely tilted towards the cap. So there's not that many people at the low end doing things from having played the previous legendary server. um, When it launched the first one, there were so many people playing. There were groups to be had across all the starting zones. I think we played for about three months on the, and never had a lack of groups. It was just people everywhere. And because there is a cap because they're not doing the expansions right away. It's not this, there is some, there are some people who are going to race to the cap, but there's going to be a range of players across all of the zones for several months playing and they have healthy communities and healthy uh, populations. So I highly recommend it. If you've never tried the game before, uh, I know Nathan just got into it recently, so he might be able to speak a little bit to it as well. But I think it's well worth it if you've never done Lotro before to try mm-hmm. it out for sure. No. Yeah, yeah, I've been playing it. Um, um, I do the group um, uh, MMORPGs 101, uh, where we play an MMO for at least a month. Uh, we love uh, Lotro so much; we went much longer than we normally do. Um, and then I loved it so much I started playing on my own time with another uh, character. And um, so I'm no expert, right? But uh, I did play the legendary server back in the day. I can attest that there was groups everywhere. Um, what I like, what I'd like to mention is that uh, one of the reasons it's so cool for the legendary server because all the content, all the things you can do, are in both, right? It's not like World of Warcraft where like the world's been changed or they took stuff away, or you can do these things on the regular server too. The problem is, is that it's been sped up right because this level's got bigger they kind of have to that you can't take your time and enjoy the quests in every zone and stuff like that and there's so much rewards to doing every quest in a zone or or uh just even even if you don't want to do that just picking a random npc with a quest and doing it you might be shocked at how cool that quest is it's and 
and yeah, the, the, the fact that they all sometimes. they also lead many of them lead to quest chains. Yes. And if they don't, that you're still going to get a really cool story out of it and really cool cosmetic gear, if nothing else. Um, yeah. That's one thing I love about that game is just the story. I I just the writing the the caliber of the writing in that game is hands down in my mind the best I've ever seen in an MMORPG ever. Dude, I was geeking out, dude, when I came to Tom Bombadil, uh, Tom Bombadil's house, and I seen him in the flesh, and he was all doing his little dance, and he was doing his, it, it was like, it came straight from the book, man, and it's new writing, but. Uh, oh, by the way, I watched your stream, and he has a completely different voiceover now, and like completely, because it used to be, he would go, hey, yo, Mario, and do these funny <laughs> song things, and they've changed the voiceovers, because I was watching your stream, I was like, wait a second, that's not the Tom Bombadil I remember. <laughs> they've yeah. updated him. They've updated yeah, I was, him. I was reading his uh, text the way I always imagined he talked, and it's funny, because that kind of is how it, it's funny how Token was able to convey, and we all kind of sang those songs the same way, but we were reading them. Don't you guys think that's a little bizarre that he was able to do yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. It was a book, but we were all singing <laughs> the same. It's so weird, man. That always trips me out. Like, that's a good writer, man. But anyway, the the if you're a Lord of the Rings fan and you've been ignoring Lord of the Rings online, by all means, you are yeah. you have no idea what you're missing out on, man. It is a wonderland of delight for it is it is it's it's a lot of fun man and you definitely feel like you're in the world too it's feels very much even i would i would even say from my perspective i agree with that statement both as someone who maybe only watched the movie and as someone who may have only read the books i agree yeah yeah because you're gonna learn stuff yeah. even if you only watch a movie you'll know enough you'll know mm -hmm. enough to get in there and then you'll see stuff like you know uh, Bombadil's not in the movies, for example, and you'll be like, who's this? And you just do a quick Google search. Oh, crazy, cool. And he'll do things that aren't exactly what happened in the book, but will remind you of exact moments from the book. Uh, and, and But it's more specific to you. And it's like, dude, it's it's just, they really know how to pluck at your nerd strings in that game, man. I was literally geeking out, like freaking out, like couldn't believe some of the cool stuff that was happening. So love that game fantastic memo so speaking of good stories right uh this is just a hell of a segue and it may we might be bounced around in no particular order here but we're talking about how lord of the rings online is still after how long now like what 10 15 domains 2007 so it's been 14 years 14 years 14. okay fair yeah so 14 years at world of warcraft you're talking well more than that right You've got games that have been around a long time. Um, what do you all think? Like, what do you th think are truly some of the best games around? I mean, we could even we could we could focus down on the MMORPG genre. Um, which ones do you feel like are the best ones around in terms of like just a really solid game? And then maybe even if we want to piggyback off that and say the dominating force, because I know over the past two weeks or so, I've seen a lot of people. Like, <clears throat> there's been comparisons. There was this big thing of like, oh, World of Warcraft isn't really number one now. Final Fantasy XIV took the lead. Well, I mean, not really, but there's clearly a lot of people that have gone over there. And I mean, it's very enticing to give a game like Final Fantasy XIV a chance right now when you can literally play up to Heaven's Ward through Heaven's Ward, right? For free. Yeah. Like, which is a crap damn yeah hours maybe or something. uh yeah at least it's a lot it's, it's a lot a of lot. content man 
You might be you might be done with it by the time you have to pay. Heaven's Word was good, it's, man, it's in my opinion. Content, man. Yeah, it is. It, it is. I'm just story. now finishing up uh, Shadowbringers because I want to be ready for the new. Uh, I don't have a lot of time, but you know, I'm. That's a game you can play casually and you don't feel bad about it, right? You just get through some story arcs, maybe get to a new dungeon, you run it, you learn the bosses, and then you're like, cool. And then you can call it a day. So I'm trying to get through the newest expansion that's been released, but then I have to get through all the patches. And because uh, the cool thing about Final Fantasy XIV is like this next Ooh. expansion is basically their Wrath of the Lich King, right? The end of a story. Yeah. Right? And then they'll start a new one or whatever. But the next expansion is the end of this story. And I followed it all the way up to Shadowbringers. So kind of invested. So I want to I want to see what happens. Um, I would say that's on there. Final Fantasy XIV is pretty darn good. I would say um, EverQuest, the original EverQuest 2, I'm, I'm replaying that right now pretty heavy. It came still just as good as it was in 1999. Uh, having a blast. Uh, EverQuest is just EverQuest, man. It's, it's just nothing else is like it. Uh, mm -hmm. EQ2, not like EQ1, but still a really good MMO. Of course, Lord of the Rings Online. And I think those four are really just the coolest MMOs out there right now. I feel like the rest are, there's something wrong with them. They're either generic, they've screwed up their own game, or or something. Those four, um, Elder Scrolls is maybe on that list too. Uh, but uh, mm. those four are the ones I could, I could rotate between those four for the rest of my life if I had to. And the ones I, I rotate is EQ1, EQ2, Lord of the Rings Online, and Star Wars Old Republic, which the latter of those oh. is not an MMORPG anymore. It's literally oh. just single-player Bioware game now. Oh, no. Yeah. A good but, one, uh, though. It's a good Bioware game. Yeah, and they just announced their their 10th anniversary today wow. so they did they did their i watched their live stream today they announced the next wow. expansion so that's coming out later this fall because bioware did a big post today that they're working on the next mass effect the next uh, uh, dragon age and they did the 10th anniversary announcement today for star wars old republic everquest one um as good as that game was and, and it still holds a high place for me i i i don't know that i'll ever go back because i've done it so many times over the years but it does it's still hard. hold a place it holds a place in there because of how fun it was and how fun it still can be, EverQuest 2, believe it or not, I actually enjoyed EverQuest 2 to some degree more than I enjoyed EverQuest 1. No, I agree. No, I agree. Because it had, it had story arcs. And since I was raiding heavily in that game, I got the full you, – you get to experience all of the story that was put into – like getting your epic it wasn't just go get an epic weapon there was a reason these weapons were locked away and hidden and you had to do these quests to these things and the heritage quests and the signature quests and just these these intricate quest lines that have 20 30 parts to them some of which are solo some of which are group some of which are raids that was extremely well done which by the way they do in lord of the rings online as well um these days however you you can use that stone which gives you the buff or you get an automatic buff which allows you to do some of the group content solo if you don't have a group with you so you get to bypass because it used to be it was group only and you had to do it with a group but those are the things i really like about those two games lord of the rings online and, and everquest 2 is they're heavily story based and the combat might not necessarily be the best in the world um but the story's fun especially if you like huge quest chains that have 20 30 40 parts and take you know if you really sit down and do it these quests can take weeks 
if not longer to go through depending on how often you play to me that's one of my favorite parts of a good mmorpg is a game that's going to keep me involved in a ongoing storyline and i know you guys have talked a lot about final fantasy 14 because it has that but i can't get into final fantasy 14 mm. i've tried three times not and for I just everybody can't yeah it's well, one of those games like... that's very much yeah it's, it's not gonna be yeah it everybody. is it is is it the graphics that i'll have to ask yeah it's, it's the graphics, it's the graphics. Anime... yes it's the graphics and the like that yeah. kind of stuff just i don't i just yeah it gets to me too so the only reason i can stomach is because i grew up with final fantasy my first rpg every time one came out i freaked out and i got it right so i kind of like grew a uh tolerance to it right and i'll tell you something else i hated anime uh artwork right i hated it i didn't like it right i hated it i just something about it, every time i seen it I was like i don't like that that's not cool to me right um <laughs> but uh, thanks to Final Fantasy, I, I don't hate it anymore. I still don't like it. I wouldn't want to draw that way. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't hate it. I can I can tolerate it. i tell you the, what's funny is I don't know if you guys know this or not. On July 3rd, so this Saturday, Asmongold, who hates anime, I mean, just freaking despises it, right? He's going to start playing Final Fantasy 14, right? And uh, say what you want about the guy, right? But he's a really good entertainer, and I'm not going to lie. That's going to be on a on a side screen as I work uh, or on my phone as we're out filming. Uh, Cause that's going to be hilarious dude. Cause this guy despises that kind of stuff. And it's and Final Fantasy 14 is just full of it. You guys know you go to a town and there's cat yeah. girls and they're doing the little cat dances and there's weird mounts like, you know, my pretty princess and all this kind of stuff. So it's going to be hilarious. Uh, and that's for me. That's the number one. And it's weird too. Cause I loved, I still have great memories of final fantasy seven. I play, I bought the remake Ooh. and played it on the PS4. Ooh. Loved the remake. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's not that I don't like final fantasy or that I don't like the anime per se, but there's something about final fantasy 14. It's like an overload yeah, it went of over all that stuff. Yeah, and, it went and, over the top. and I just, the music, I don't know. There's just a lot of it that I, I hate to sound like I'm prejudiced against Asian MMOs, but I have a hard time. Like I also had the same problem with Black Desert Online. I also had problems with Black Desert Online because of all the offline stuff you could do. But like, just it was so overly cutesy or overly like. I know what you mean. I know yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know how to. It's super. Uh... Gosh, it's it's super. There's just no way around it. That Korean, those Korean MMOs, I just don't like them, right? Like, as soon as I see that it's a Korean MMO, I get all these weird feelings inside about horrible grinds that aren't fun and like oh, uh, too much UI and like, uh, you know, but Japanese, I, I, you know, I grew up playing those kind of games. So I'm like, okay, I'm cool with this. Like, I can deal with some Japanese stuff. But like Black Desert, yeah, we played that recently. And oh, man, that was a, we ended up on our last night just looking at people's houses because we didn't want to play that bad, but we had to play for one more night. Uh, th that That's a rough one for me. Yeah. But anyway, I, I just like to ask that because that's usually what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. People don't like Final Fantasy 14. It's the graphics or the anime cutesy stuff. Yeah. I think yeah. for me, it was like I played Final Fantasy 7 and like, you know, 9 and I played those in the back in the day. And so I like I was able to kind of get into some of that stuff. And then, of course, I think maybe the gateway into all that was Legend of Zelda. And I like the Legend of mm -hmm. Zelda so much. So that's a good game, too. See, because yeah. you go back and I think I think for me, the reason that I can like 
like it does it's a little over the top like oh you hear that in town you're like whoa dude like okay i hear that repeating too many times <laughs> i just kind of want to like unhear that um yeah but i yeah. think that like i can just like tune that stuff out and focus on the other elements i actually enjoy and i go back to zelda games and i think i mean that's a japanese game right yeah and so yeah. it progressed but when it started out it started at like 8-bit or whatever right so then you go isolated yes exactly know. right so you get into it because of the story and then it, it it transitions over time you get to like the N64 and then it goes beyond that to like Twilight Princess. And so now the style starting to feel more like that, but you're so into the game and the story and the lore, it just doesn't matter. You're just happy to see it looking better than it yeah. did. And, and, and yeah. I'll tell you what, they, they really did a good job in 14 for final fantasy fans. Yeah. Like throwing you some beans, right? Like, yes. uh, was final fantasy six bosses in there. Yep. Um, Advent uh, Children armor. Were, if you sub for long enough, you can get that. Yeah, too. You get, cool. yeah, you can get the cloud armor. Yep. You can get uh, it's so they they do a lot of things that are really smart that uh, for for fans because they know their fan base is gargantuan. Mm -hmm. Oh so yeah, if they keep if they keep them coming, they're going to keep raking in the dough. I mean, um, and that's what they're doing. They're doing the smart thing that World of Warcraft forgot about, which is making the customer happy. So yeah, that's exactly you... great way to. Uh, Great you you ain't wrong on that one, homie. You you ain't wrong it, at all. They're doing the number one thing you're supposed to do when you when you have a product is put your customers first. They have yeah. not your investors, not your personal desires, not your profit. You put the customers first, yeah. and the yeah. profit will come after that. Yeah, yeah, and you'll get a little freedom to do what you want to do. Yeah. If your customers are already happy, because Yoshi P in Final Fantasy XIV has done a lot of weird things, too. Like, he tried <laughs> to do that old-school MMO zone where you had to start all over at level one, and you grinded like EverQuest. It was like EverQuest in this area, right? He was Because that's what he likes. He likes those old-school games. So he tried to do and he and then he was like, to make sure people do it, I'll put the legendary, whatever they're called, weapons in there. And you have to do that to get your legendary, right? And so... And people just flipped out, right? And he was like, okay, all right. Guys, okay, so I'll, maybe I'll not. <laughs> you know, and he, he waited a while, though. He's like, just go try it. I promise you'll like it. And then that fan base was like, no, we hate it. It sucks. And he was like, all right, we'll change it. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. And that was his dream, was to to convert people over to that. And it, you know, he had to give up on it, you know? I think for me, it's been the MMOs that like are, I like Final Fantasy 14, right? but I view it as a final fantasy game. Like I view it as a very true to a final fantasy game. So materia and all that. And it's like, I see what they did with the final fantasy game and making it an MMORPG similarly to how I saw what they did with the elder scrolls games, standalone games and made that into an MMORPG. I see this, the same sort of like sidesteps over into making it work as that. But it, if I was to say elder scrolls online and final fantasy 14, I feel like I would reflect on it quite similarly. Like it has its niche. It has a very specific group that actually really enjoys it. Um, I'd probably say that each probably went over uh, a majority of people that probably weren't into um, Final Fantasy games in general or Elder Scrolls games in general uh, before they found the MMORPG. Um, and it probably won some of those people over because of just the game itself and the way it works and uh, appealing to people who maybe like more anime, appealing to people with the Elder Scrolls who maybe like a darker theme overall, um, a grittier, maybe kind of darker sort of like uh, story. And so, you know, I view, view both of those as like be, being very RPG heavy and very much uh, similar to the universe that they came from. And then as an MMORPG, 
they've got it's a niche right they got their own little cutout but that's what i really like about them i think is that they have their own cutout and it's from my perspective overall generally speaking they're solid games right like i elder scrolls online's driven me nuts for years final fantasy 14 has driven me nuts before world of warcraft driven me nuts before but if you ask me what game i would recommend out of mmrpgs that are out. I mean, two of them. I I love the World of Warcraft universe, but I can't recommend it because I don't agree with how they are going about things. And a big part of that is focusing on the players. Now, I I do think the Elder Scrolls Online actually does that. It's very tied in with its fan base, with its community. They do a lot of things around their community. Whether or not you like where the game's at, that's something they've always been extremely good with. And the community leads do an amazing job, Gina, and you know they they do a really great job with that. Um, I think the Final Fantasy uh, fourteen community does the same thing, and I think those are things that those two games specifically have done really well with over the years. Where I think World of Warcraft does not, yeah. and I and I think that's why it's also I can't recommend it. And what's an MMORPG but a community game? So I'm always going to recommend that. Um, Oh, wait, what is that? Oh. <laughs> it changed the name to Podcast Zero. What is that right there? I'm gonna look at that. Hold on a second here. Um here. Okay. Let's let's bet let's piggyback. It's a it's a completely um in our DMs thing, so I don't, I have no idea, but we'll get to it later. Um okay. The Polya game, right? W- what are your all's thoughts on that game? Now, this one I was kind of it looks interesting. It's got like a, a Breath of the Wild sort of vibe going on. And it's been coming out recently in media. They, I think, sent the other day some of their, here. There's this one and this one. Now, they did put pre-invites or alpha, uh, is it alpha invites or is it beta? Alpha invites are going out, sorry. Um, Yeah, it's pre-alpha, I think. Yeah, pre-alpha currently. So it's, yeah. Anyway, but it was kind of weird because it seemed like they were only doing the invites on their Discord. And I don't know, because when it first got announced like a couple months back, they said sign up on the website for access to pre or to get an invite. And so I signed up on their email list like two, three months ago when it first got announced. Um, but I've not joined their Discord or any of that mm-hmm. stuff. I've not even been paying attention. I was just like waiting for an email. Right. Yeah, it looks like the Singularity 6 raised a lot of money to help, what, $30 million to support the MMO? Like... So is what? isn't this uh isn't this game the one um it's uh ex Blizzard employees? This is the one, right? It has, it has some ex Blizzard employees in there too. With, yes. Um yeah. Anyway, let me find the other other studios like former League of Legend, uh developers of Riot Games, um, and some other, yeah, others some other developers from some of the bigger uh, AAA studios that we've heard of, like I think Blizzard as well. So um, I, I think this is probably gonna be pretty good, right? Like it looks good to go for a very um artistic kind of uh, uh, art style here that probably will last a long time without looking bad, but also run really well and also easy to update, kind of like they did with World of Warcraft. Um, so smart decision, uh, but it, it, it's a weird one, right? Like this isn't like a, it doesn't seem like this is like a battle heavy uh, combat uh, MMO. This feels more like a, uh, a simulation um, crafting and, building things kind of is that kind of what you guys were getting from this as sort well? of yeah I, there's not enough information out about it yeah. yet. but that's also yeah. the vibe that i'm getting and from what i've seen of the information so i'm kind of like because they've, they've talked a lot about the social aspect of the game so 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of with a I'll wait and see approach. I did sign Same. up for the pre-alpha just for shits and giggles. As well, and we'll see what what becomes of it. It looks I can really at least, cool, though. It looks yeah, cool. I can I can at least say that I'm partially interested in this. Whereas, like with mm. New World, I have zero interest. <laughs> yeah, I actually would probably agree with that. I, I've actually got a bit of interest for Polly as well, just out of curiosity. I think art style wise, it looks pretty cool too. Yeah, think. there's there's yeah. that. It's also something with like I think it's called Book of Travels or Book of Travelers. Mm. It has such a unique art style to it that I'm at least it's on my radar because it's something that looks so different. And it sounds like the way that game is going to play is so different that I'm like intrigued. Like, mm-hmm. hmm, yeah. like maybe that will be fun. Like, yeah. I don't know yet, but it's different and different is good in this genre of pecky cutter homogenized. Every MMORPG is the same with a cash shop. Um, it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm, true. Yeah, I'm like um, looking over um, some other things, but I just kind of really want to jump. I'm, I'm just going to hit on these kind of quick because I'm just I want this to be the big part of our conversation today. And I mean, you guys probably know what that is, but we hit on some different games that are fantastic to check out to play. Right. I'm really excited about where Ashes of Creation's at personally, because it's going to be nice to be able to show it off. And uh, I got as we've been in the middle of this podcast, I saw very good positive reinforcements that things should go according to plan in regard to the no NDA stuff coming up. So it seems like we're on track. Good deal. Aside from that, um, I, we've got a topic um, related to the MMORPG genre. We're probably going to talk about real soon. Um, Polly, we could probably talk about some more in the future as well, but you know what? Why don't we talk about this new game I just heard about recently? Why, why don't we oh just, boy. why don't we talk about this game? It's Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Look, this game, it looks, uh, it, it it came to my attention. Uh, another community member of mine, fellow friends out there, content creators are like, I saw it. <laughs> I saw it up there and it's called, are you ready for this? Embers Adrift. Embers Adrift. Now I went and did a little bit of research and. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Sorry, sorry. It's funnier when you already know exactly where it's going. Yeah. All right, all right. Sorry. Oh my god. Okay. Um. Okay. Embers Adrift is a game in development by. Now, who is this? Is this? Hold on, Stormhaven Studios. What? Is that right? Yeah, Stormhaven Studios LLC. Wait a minute. This is Storm isn't Stormhaven Studios working on a game called Saga of Leucemia that we know about? Oh, wait a minute. Well they used to be. Right. They used to be. Hold on. You a see minute. what happened to us. <laughs> 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 well, we... this, is one, this is one of those situations where like you know you're driving home from work right and your wife calls she's like hey i'm gonna make you your favorite dinner and you're like oh are you serious she's like yeah it's cooking right now it'll be ready about the time you get home and you're like oh that's sweet and so the whole drive home you're like yeah this is totally worth this long drive because when i get home i'm gonna get to eat my favorite dinner and then you walk in and let's say your favorite dinner is meatloaf and you walk in and your wife's like here you go and it's a burger and you're like but Bro, I didn't ask for a burger. I asked for like you know what my favorite thing. You know what you know. <laughs> Except for it's worse because it'd be like if you ordered it at a restaurant, 
and ask for the meatloaf. And then you got to go pick it up and like, oh, here's a burger. Is that not not what it feels like? What would you do in that scenario? If you went to a restaurant and you ordered, let's say you ordered a burger and fries and they come out and they bring you chicken soup. What is your reaction going to be when that happens? I'm going to just say, hey, I didn't order this. This isn't what I asked for. Right. Like, can you bring me what I asked for? And now you got to imagine they're like, no, we can't. I'd be like, well, I'm leaving. (laughs) 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 Thanks for wasting my time. Wait, we got to We've got to hold on. We figured it out. They already figured it out in chat. You ready to hear what happened? So sorry, Red Bull, about this. Mm. Well, you see what what has happened with Saga Leukemia is that it went uh, went up in embers and they went adrift. Embers went. That is that is. Oh. That is oh. kudos, good sir. That's a good play. <laughs> good, right? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I, you know, when I seen it, when you linked it, I yeah. didn't know yet, right? And so Realize I clicked it, on yeah. like, oh, what's this? And I'm looking. I'm like, oh, I've not heard of this MMO, right? But and I hadn't scrolled down yet to see who, mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't figured it out yet. I'm just looking at, you know, the logo, mm-hmm. and I think there might have been a short video or something. And um, I'm just thinking like, oh, this looks kind of cool, right? It looks right. familiar. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Like, this looks kind of familiar. It does look familiar. Uh, but you know what I thought? I thought at first, I was like, oh, my God. Because you you mentioned it when you linked it. Like, ooh, looky what we got here. Something, right? <laughs> um, so I already knew there was something going on here. And I actually thought at first the Ashes of Creation <laughs> was doing a sandbox version. Right. And I was like, whoa, this is a really weird twist. And then I scrolled down to Storm Haven Studios like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. So let me just I feel like to those who listen to this and don't maybe should we read this? I feel like I feel like it's important to actually read this for people that don't want to go for it. Yeah. Okay. so the announcement on their official forums is Storm Haven Studios team is excited to announce the rebranding of the MMORPG we have been working on for the past number of years. While still delivering on the core tenets of the game design philosophies we've always promoted, our game will no longer be based on the Saga Leucemia IP. We wanted to commit to an IP that provides the development team with the flexibility to create a captivating world with the game design elements that the core MMORPG gamers are looking for, introduce those elements to new MMO gamers, and express them effectively through our branding. We took a look at our product and recognized a need to emphasize the features and mechanics that were working and move away from elements that were not. Our goal is not to recreate any past MMORPG, but to create a new game that is innovative in its design while drawing inspiration from experiences with classic MMOs and tabletop games. An MMORPG that is focused on community and presents them uh, with deeply immersive, challenging content that will help them forge lasting memories. Community members who are active in the Discord uh, and join us for weekly test sessions uh, have been very supportive of this new direction as we started introducing new game design elements. Team is endlessly grateful for the continued feedback and support. Our path to launch is clear, and we're very excited to invite MMORPG players around the world to keep their eye on Embers Adrift. And this comes from the tech director and lead game designer. So, um... I do seem to remember a few things here. Um, we talked about some of these things previously. For example, uh, there was... Uh, now, I don't know the details of this. Now, Renfell here can give some clarity to this within a certain amount of clarity because of, well, legal reasons, right? But as the guy who's just objectively on the outside watching, right? 
Um, the affiliate program closed for Cycle of Lysemia a while back. I was notified of that. Uh, so no longer an affiliate. Does seem I still have access to test it, although I haven't because I'll be honest, I haven't really been that interested for quite some time. Um, aside from that, there were pre-orders going on. I mean, there's a lot of questions I have here. Like, okay, so I had an affiliate link at one point. Some people did purchase the game through me. I did get uh, compensated for um, helping sell pre-orders of the game. But now those people aren't getting that game. Well, maybe they're getting a game, but there were a lot of things in those packages. Uh, and it looks like when you go to the site right now, currently, it doesn't appear that there are any packages of any kind. And when you go to the like, right. orders, there's yeah, nothing they're there. Saying, mm -hmm. They're saying they're not going to um, take any pre-orders until they get to yes. close beta. Close until they beta, enter yeah. close beta. Mm -hmm. Which, you know... Um, is the least they could do, I guess, uh, for the situation, right? Because you got people, um, and once again, I'm talking as just some dude, right? Uh, but yes. they, but they obviously already had supporters, uh, previously, yes. right. um, for Saga of Leucemia, which is a actual, um, IP, yep. right? Uh, with, with lore and everything, right? So, my big thing is is so how long has it been now um since eight months uh, eight months since they've and since what since since a, they went in the dark oh about a year about a year a little over a year. year i'd say around may okay. of last year is when it started to kind of okay go into okay. the dark. end of april end of end of, end of april, april last year mm -hmm. because we did yep we did the the big alpha thing in april you'll remember because yep. i was streaming every single day we did all the interviews. I signed Bob Brown to the company in March, um, or actually or April of that year. Did all that big month of April, and then at the end of April, yeah. <clears throat> all the plans that I had for the yeah. affiliate program and everything else, it, everything just went radio halted. silent. Yeah, yeah, immediately halted. And that was not a me call. That was a, mm. you know, I I was in a position where I was not allowed to talk to people under threat of legal action. Um, and that's when everything kind of went dark at that point. And, um, yeah, there's been a lot of changes since then. A lot of changes, obviously. It's just concerning. Do they show anything, do they show anything about lore though? Because that's, that was my big thing. So they've yeah. had 12 months to restructure every, all the story and lore and. Yeah. But it's just like, when you go and you look at it, I'm going to be, I'm going to be really honest and I'm not saying this to be a dick at all. Like it, it bored the, it bored me. It really bored me. It was not, so they do nothing. have something though. It's like, something. here's this leather bound thing and here's some entries and you're just like, Hey, like it. <sighs> so here's what's going to happen. Right. Um, and this is what I'm concerned with, uh, as a content creator. Right. Um, I don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. Right. No. Um, but the problem is, is that if I don't touch it, it's going to confuse new people. Right. They're True. going to be like, Oh, it's a new yeah. MMO. Right. Like, Oh, cool. It looks like they're Not already really, pretty, yeah. far, pretty, pretty far along in it. Right. So it's like, how do you properly let people know that this isn't a new MMO? This is a rebrand of a previous title with all the, um, parts that made it interesting stripped away right um or at least that's what it feels like uh because um now you're looking at a much more condensed uh story instead of something more fleshed out and like with lots of intricate little details you can play around with now you're looking at something 
more slimmed down. Um, and what I feel like is probably going to end up happening is uh, the game's just going to probably try to get to a launchable state as quickly as possible um, and probably be pretty bare bones, right? Yeah. Like compared to what it could have been uh, with some substance to it. So I don't know. Uh, it's rough, man. Uh, I think the only way they could have dug themselves out of this hole uh, with what they have done uh, with the rebrand would be to hire a ridiculously good writer. Uh, and it would have took, I would think, longer than 12 months, right? Yeah, um, just... and, then and a maybe, lot of money. And a ton of money, yeah. yeah. Uh, without receiving any money, too, right? So, um, I don't know. I, it's rough, man. Uh, I don't, I'm not... I'm going to watch it because I'm, I'm interested, right, um, to see what they do and what they're planning. But um, I have a feeling this isn't going to end well. Yeah, I well, can't the make biggest, sense of this at all. Yeah, going ahead. The man. biggest issue, and, and I do have to be careful of what yeah. I say because there is – so that everyone knows. I think most people know, but some people don't because I've been, I've been very hush-hush about things for legal reasons. Um, because anything I say can and will be used against me in a court of law. Um, there is an active lawsuit um, that we are involved with, my brother and I, versus Stormhaven Studios. Um, and they don't talk about that, and I don't talk about that. Um, but my biggest concern is not that. My biggest concern with the rebrand, and I know we we briefly touched on this before the show, is what about all the people who pre-ordered collector's yeah. editions um, in particular because they got a bunch of physical stuff, right. signed books, cloth maps, Saga Lucemia a bunch of stuff, stuff that was related to Saga Lucemia. Yeah. And, and Nathan, you yourself on the show before I became a part of the show, I think it was you who said this, um, like you guys were talking about the situation as it was yeah. unfolding let, in March. Let me say it just so it doesn't put you in any situation, sure. right? Because I know exactly what you're talking about. So what I said was, and this is on my channel. You can look it up when, yeah. when all this happened. Um, the sad part is, is that there was one person who everybody knew who was actively um, showing the game, making the game. He was the guy, right? So every MMO has that guy, right? It's Yoshi P for Final Fantasy XIV. It's uh, Steve for uh, Ashes. It's Joppa now after Brad McQuaid passed for Pantheon Rise of Fallen. They all, you have a guy. Now, this just so happened to be the creator of the IP, right, in this case. Uh, and when he's gone, I mean, everybody was following him, right? So it was kind of like uh, another good example, but totally different circumstances with Brad McQuaid, right? When he yeah. passed, people split. They were like, oh, well, I was just here for Brad. I'm out, right? Uh, uh, now, this is different, but still the same. That person's no longer involved in the project. And so... People are following that person. So once they're gone, it's kind of like, well, we don't know anything except for that that person was there and they were the yeah, guy showing now, and yeah. telling it and making it and, you know, um, and they're gone now. So I'm not going to follow it either. And I, and that did obviously happen. You can tell from the Discord. You can tell from forum posts. You can tell that people just whoop. Um, people among community. Uh, I mean, it's just everywhere. It's, uh, that's what happened. It's obvious that's what happens when you lose your the guy right uh so every mmo needs a guy and if you lose your guy uh especially when he's the guy actually that wrote the lore and you know all the all the backstory all that i mean what are you gonna do at that point right like 
just call it quits. It really should just been like, well, it's over. It's done. We can't do this anymore, right? Like it's the project's over and we'll start a new company and we'll, you know, have to refund everybody. And I mean, what else can you do? Yes. Um, Cause you guys had pointed this out on the show as well before I became involved, which was mm-hmm. that. And yeah. also the fact that all of the YouTube videos suddenly disappeared. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's one of those things where I did over the course of six and a half years, I did over 550 YouTube videos between streams, overview videos. We did the pillars of gameplay series. We did the earliest iteration of Mondays and MMORPGs. We did the darkness series. We did the Tuesdays with Tim. We did the dev Diaries series. We did interviews. We did live streams with music composition, live stream with the artist. We did a lot of stuff over six and a half years, um, over 550 videos, over 550 newsletters. So there is this, yeah, that's, that's the issue that people seem to be having right now with the rebrand is that, and and this is not me, by the way, this is the issues that other people are bringing up. You can see these in the forums and like MMRPG.com and so on and so forth. And then the shows you guys have done is the fact that that just, where did all that go? And the people that signed up for that game are now being told, well, we're now doing something different. And that goes back to the, if I order a hamburger at a restaurant and they bring me chicken soup, uh, that's not what I ordered, sir. Um, and you know, I, it, that's a, it's a, it's a sticky situation. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you another thing, right? Even if you went to, let's say, uh, let's keep it, let's keep it real classy here. Right. You go to Burger King. Okay. And you pull up and you're like, Hey, yeah, I want a Whopper. And you pull up and they give you a Big Mac. Right. And you're like, not I, I mean yeah it's a burger right right and they're like yeah it's a burger that's the same thing right and it's like no it's, no, not, it's not the same thing <laughs> right so that that's pretty similar to what they're doing here because like well it's an mmo and it's a um, sandbox and uh you know stuff and it's like dude that's like something your parents did to you right or principles like, we can make this at home you know that like it's just like you've your your game is generic now immediately and that's not a good look for an MMO. You don't want to be generic. And now it is. It's like, oh, you just took that stuff, renamed it, swapped it around. Now you're like, oh, it's something else now. It's like, dude, now it's generic, right? You had an original IP and idea, and you or they have went and made it generic, like before it even launches. Like, ugh. And I think the most interesting, the most important thing for everybody to understand that's watching this now who don't know anything about this, they fully own the rights to the MMORPG version of the Saga of Leucemia intellectual property. They own those rights free and clear. They do not owe me royalties on that at all. They don't owe me any money. They bought those rights in exchange for my membership in the company at the time, and those rights are in perpetuity, which means forever. They own the rights. There are some clauses in there for if the game goes belly up and et cetera, I can go back and purchase the rights back from the company at some point in the future. But they own, in perpetuity, the rights to make an MMORPG based on the Saga of Leucemia intellectual property. Right. So the choice to do this, there was some wording in that press release about, you know, looking, you know, looking forward instead of looking behind and all this other stuff. Um, that's that's not a me decision. That's that's a them decision. But again, they fully own the rights, full and yeah. in the clear. They don't so own royalties. Have, so there was 
Well, there was a reason, obviously, but um, there, it's not like because well, you know that's another thing a lot of people would think immediately, right? I didn't even think of that angle. A lot but, of people think because I've heard this, I've seen this at mmrpg.com, massive. A lot of people think that I took my toys and I got mad and I went home. That is not what happened. Yeah, absolutely not. I can't go into all the legalities right. of what went happened because there is an active case, case. going on between my brother and I right, and Army right. Studios. Yeah, but, but that, I can but say that's, they. That's own. the image they're given, though. Yes, and that's the that's the image they're projecting with this rebrand is, hey, you know, we're being the nice guys, but, you know, we have to, we had to do this. Right. So it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of twofold. But you're uh, not really kinda, talking kinda about dirty. that's the thing, though, is like the, the problem I have with this whole thing is and this is like no offense. Right. To me, as if I if I step back and I go as a consumer, as a consumer, not as someone who might have a personal opinion of this. Who gives a shit, man? If you want people to continue to believe in your product, you need to like explain yourself. And my problem is, is as a consumer, as someone who may have potentially like, let's say I back the game or whatever, you aren't real. You still as a studio have not actually publicly acknowledged it. You've danced around it and you've given these like blanket statements and you've given these like. These kind of like gray area kind of statements, it's like it's like saying We've done it for this reason. Well, that's clearly not the only reason. It might be a reason, and you might have gotten to that point at some point. You know, at, at some point in time, you might have got there, and that have been the reason. But there was other things going on, and you have failed to acknowledge or really explain those things. I don't think that there's ever been an explanation. Even when I talked to two of the people that are currently on the team, neither one of them. I, I said I think that you need to publicly get out there and like kind of explain your stance, and that never really actually happened still that was months ago and, and we I, talked about that too and i want to say and this might hurt rempel's feelings i don't know if it will or not but it's mm. the truth i Six was skin, actually man. i would have yeah. played it i i was actually still gonna play saga of leucemia um and just you know it still would have been cool right like uh, sure. there would have been there would have been stuff in there and i could have i could have you know after shows we do i could have been, hey rempel were you involved in this i really like this part or this was cool or mm -hmm. you know does this tie into one of your books it would have been really cool it would have been awesome and i would have uh enjoyed it but uh embers adrift i uh what do embers do when they go adrift in the wind <laughs> they sizzle out and that's what they've done man i mean it's pretty symbolic of exactly yeah. what they did I, I would like to make uh, point out something because I know you I, I know you have or had access to the alpha forums at some point. Yeah. Um, Simmer, you did not, Nathan, but no, Simmer did, and they did make a what they consider to be a private statement behind closed doors about what Robert Thompson, the new tech lead, was the individual who made the post mm -hmm. on March fourteenth. Um, and it, it's so funny because the March fifteenth date that everyone talks about—that's the date that. They banned my brother and I from the forums. They banned us from the Discord, all in an attempt to keep us from not seeing the posts that were being made and the discussions about the rebrand and everything else. But everybody leaks stuff to us because I'm the mm -hmm. founder of the freaking company and I'm the creator right. of the intellectual property. I hired all these people. So I, I get wind of things no matter what. Um, they did make a private statement behind closed doors about their version of events, which was, you know, there are truths in there, but like with any event whether you're talking a divorce or or whatever the case may be anytime there's animosity between two parties there are always going to be two versions of a story mm. and the reason that i've never come out publicly and talked about my side of the story is because of that whole anything i say can and will be used against me in a court of yeah, law scenario too. because i can i 
have been under legal threat since mm-hmm. last April and and defamation is a real thing so i have to be very careful of yep. what i say so i have chosen not to address any of those statements in public um because i'm letting that go through the court system um because that's that's where it is the most effective um because the people can have opinions all they want based on which side of the story they want to believe but just as much as their story isn't necessarily the whole truth my story is just as tainted because i have my own version of events that's tainted by my emotions yeah so it's it's a tricky scenario and that's why at the end of the day when you go through the legal process the the fact typically do come out and and help guide the narrative um about what really went down mm-hmm. but yeah they did make you know they haven't publicly because you said they they should get ahead and and get out there and try to make public statements yeah. but they're in the same boat that i'm in because anything they say can and will be used against them in a court of law so no one on either side has made any public statements because of that the legal stuff that's going on the mm-hmm. the private statement that was made was done in a way that you know, was an attempt by them to get their backers up to speed, which, okay, kudos to them for doing that. But at the same time, you're also breaching confidentiality and NDAs and all sorts of other issues. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation. Um, The big thing that I think I, I think everyone deserves to know is that they do own the rights to make the Saga Vecima intellectual property and they willfully chose not to continue making the game. They don't owe me royalties for anything. They own it in the clear um, because that's a big rumor that's gone around. And I, I do mm. make, yeah, well, make sure that's, that well, even that. I would have assumed that, right? That's just what would be assumed. Yeah. yeah. I, I do. There was such a good comment, Chad. I just got to read this. Um, you saw that. Super, super. I was I'm about to die. You do it. Uh, do it. Yeah. Super TCG said, Mom, could we buy this MMO? We have an MMO at home, honey. <laughs> at home, Dream World. Dream World. <laughs> <laughs> Holy hell, man! Oh man! <laughs> yeah, you know, I think uh, you know from from my perspective as someone who you know, I did read the book. I actually read it because at the I time can, I was uh, like, I it's, "It's back there. It's by those red lights back there, actually, on on a shelf." And I read the book. And it is it's a like big ass beefy tome, seven hundred and thirty four pages or somewhere in that area. It's like seven yeah. something. Right. I read uh, the book and got through it and yeah, seven hundred and thirty six. Ah, I was close. I was off by two. <laughs> I think when you well, read I think the last two the last two pages are like the author page. So yeah, seven hundred and thirty four. <laughs> so, but yeah, I like I yeah, I read through it and everything and stuff and I was like cool and we you know, we did the Q and A and I you know, we had done the Q and A and I did a dev ride along thing and did all that and you weren't there for that too, by the way. The second one, I know. And I was like, and that was my first red flag because like, this doesn't seem right somehow. Because I, you know, because the engagement was like just back and forth. And then it was like, boop, gone. Redfield's not really around right now. And I'm like, um, I don't really get that. I was like, I don't really get that. And my gut says something isn't right about all this. And of course... I'm not going to spread rumors. I'm not going to do any of that. But it's like, I just take it, tuck it away. And then whenever I kind of, you know, saw that that article, I was like, mm-hmm, knew something was going on. And it's it's unfortunate because, you know, again, this isn't talking shit. But if I'm looking at the lore of something and I go, you know, this is the thing, too. It goes back to the vision, right? Because the vision was, here's this universe. Here's this story. Here's this world. 
there were a lot of people, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people that got into it because of this framework of a story, right? There was a book, people read the book, people talked about the lore in the Discord and all that stuff. And there's a lot of people that are into it for that reason. And well, I'm going to be honest, I'm one person, but one of the things that will sell me on playing a game is a good story. If I can get into the story and I can be, I want to be a part of like, okay, if, because I remember we talked about this, like the game was essentially a setting, right? And it was the way that it was going to be played. And so I remember playing, like, you know, running around. I was like, I get it. Cool. Awesome. But the truth is, is like, I'm looking over this and I'm just like, oh, there's the nice. There's the map. Yeah. Epic. I love cloth maps. Yeah, there it is. And I read through this, this entry stuff. And I'm just like, how, what, why wouldn't you go with the original IP? If you have the rights to, why wouldn't you want to do that? Like to me, that's a no brainer. I don't get yeah, it. To me, and to me, what Not, originally damn. when I was reading about it was, um, and I didn't know Renfell or anything at that time, uh, but I, I remember the first time I read about it, and uh, I might be getting this a little mixed up, but uh, from my memory, it was something to the effect of, and this is what made me look <sighs> into it. Um, this is based on a uh, in a world uh, that the creator has, uh, you know, been designing uh, since. I, I, I want to yeah. say it said childhood, right? I just remember it was like a really it's long 99. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, this, uh, you know, and it's, you know, got books and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, now that's the kind of world where you can't just do that. Right. Like you can't just say, let's make an MMO and come up with all these things that would take people years to like mm -hmm. add in more details and history and places and events and all this kind of thing yeah. those those kind of things have Absolutely. to happen over a very large period of time so that's yeah that, that was what's what hooked me that map i drew in 1999 and the first version of it got, that got played was D, D campaign a homebrew second edition ad and &E mm -hmm. campaign with my high school buddies we had a house together in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, I actually had an old dot matrix printer, and I printed out page by page. Uh, there was a D&D &D pack that came. Uh, Wizards of the Coast or TSR did like this box set, and one of the things that was in the box set, there was like three or four games, and then in there was a map maker. And so I used this map maker, and I made the world map, and I printed these dot matrix pages out, taped them all together, and I had like a six by four map that I posted on the wall and then everybody had a journal and then they would thumbtack <laughs> we destroyed the wall of that rental property <laughs> um 19 year old kids you know we didn't know any better yeah. just smoking weed and playing D. <laughs> so they would thumbtack their adventures and have the thumbtacks color-coded to match with the journal entries in their journal and that campaign went on over the course of like four months and then that became the core world that i then created and did a play-by-post version of it on easy board which was what used to be used for the everquest forms like in the early aughts and then that just continued to evolve and then that first story that i talked about earlier today that first short story i ever wrote professionally was set in the capital city using all the lore that i already been working on for by that point you know like a you know a decade and uh went right from there into other short stories and working on the first book and the outline for all the novels so by the time we got to early 2014 and i saw what was going on with pantheon i was like oh mm -hmm. my brother knows unity we could totally do this and i already have all the lore in the world and the setting and everything else and so that's when i gathered up the people and and we 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 went from there and i started recruiting artists and and musicians and other programmers and so on and so forth so it was just a, yeah it was not something that happened 
over the course of like a few months, it was something that I had been working on since 99. Um, so yeah, it's a, it was a work in progress. It takes the time to do that sort of stuff too. And you know, yep. you know, it takes time to craft a good story takes time to make sense of it all. And I don't think that that's something you can hastily do as someone who's, I consider myself an aspiring writer, right? Cause I haven't actually written anything of substance yet, you know? Um, but I read some really great stories out there and I think of, I think of a really great story. And one of the ones, you know, that I actually feel like it's probably the most in the ballpark of like the way I would probably write is the Witcher books. Mm-hmm. because what I really like about the Witcher books is like my, the way I, my brain works and the way that stories work for me is like, I like to explain just enough to like create a visual image of like a setting and like elements of that setting. But people have to sort of like, they kind of have to imagine the rest, you know, yeah. whereas Tolkien, he lays everything out for you, man. Like and it's the same with like, if you've ever read the wheel of time, but Robert Jordan, that was mm, one of the, yeah. it was, it was fun in the first three books. But then after the fifth book, it was like, dude, I don't need <laughs> to know how the grain, I don't need to know the direction of the grain of wood on the yeah. cupboard in the corner. And the fact that the, the plates have Daisy blue, you know, ah, just come on, let's just get to the, the adventure Excessive. stuff. Um, there is a little too much sometimes from, from details, but yeah, good, good lore, good world setting is important mm-hmm. to draw people in. And the Witcher books became games, became a Netflix series, became a freaking tabletop game that was on Kickstarter, became yep. a card game, Gwent. Which so is I would like to game. point out, yeah, I would like to point out, this is the power of an intellectual property yeah. when it's done right. I agree. Okay. Yes, this is, and that's an important to what we were just talking about before. Absolutely. That's an important keynote into the decision that was made, um, because, uh, yeah, because rights. If you if you want to completely control something in its entirety, you need to own it in its entirety. And if right. you don't, then you don't get to tap into all that potential. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Yep. If if you only own the lettuce on the Whopper. <laughs> and Burger King owns the rest of the burger, and you're supposed to just say, "Hey, but all you, but I'd like to mention that all you did was the lettuce, right? That's all you did, right? You didn't make the burger. You didn't. You had nothing to do with the bread or the meat or the cheese. You was just the lettuce, and you and you know, here you go. Here's the lettuce. Make some money with lettuce, my friend. And you decide, but I want the money for the burger." Bro, you didn't do the burger. You get the lettuce. That's what you did. That was the yeah. agreement yeah. you signed up for. You're the lettuce man. You yeah. know that's that's kind of how it goes, man. Only, it's only like, damn, you wanted you wanted the whole burger when we signed up for you to get the lettuce, dude. You know, Crazy. the only thing you could do is talk about your <laughs> floppy leaf, <laughs> homies. The Witcher. Right, so there's a Witcher con. Yeah, it's gonna be epic. Ninth, tenth, I think it is. It's the weekend of the first three days period. The Ashes has its no NDA stuff, so I'm not gonna probably get to watch it, but I'm gonna enjoy watching it later. I'm like, that sounds really cool. It's encompassing pretty much everything Witcher, man. You got the games, you got, you got the books, you've got, oh man, yeah. The the Witcher universe is great, and it's a really good read, and it's a very easy read for me, and. It's something very easy to get immersed in, whether we're talking like it doesn't matter what it is. 
every i i think i think that i think that the witcher is a good example of and this is just an opinion for me okay but you know i've seen people take a story and they make a movie you have the books you have a cartoon you've got like a game and you know you can really like digest like one of those but you can't digest them all the witcher is yeah. one that i can digest all of it yeah i'll take can i tell you why yeah, sure. Or at least my opinion why I think that that's possible. Mm -hmm. Because the way he wrote The Witcher is it's not a sprawling epic book series. It's a series of short tales that are yes. patched together into this overarching story yeah. of this character, Geralt of Rivia. Yes. So I think that's important because it does make it – you can consume it in short bursts and it makes yeah. it very easy – to convert that into a TV show, a video game, a, 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 a comic book, a graphic mm -hmm. novel, a TV series, because you're dealing with content that's short. One of the biggest challenges of, say, here's, here's a good example of this, because the Lord of the Rings movies obviously had a lot cut out and a lot that was expanded upon in different ways, and they had to do things to provide that to a different audience because it's a different medium. And there's just no way that you can make Tolkien into – a series without cutting some stuff, but also looking at what they're doing with the wheel of time show right now. Here's an example. There's 14 books in the wheel of time. And each book is like an 800 page freaking epic. And the first season that Amazon's pushing out is eight episodes. So even in a serialized format, they've had to try to take that first book yeah. and cut it down into eight episodes. And that's assuming that they're only sticking to the first book for, right. for the season one, because there are, I don't know of any fantasy shows out there that have had a 14 season run. They are going to have to condense those 14 books into something that can make sense over a, say five to seven series run, even wheel of time, or excuse me, even game of Thrones only did eight seasons. I mm. think, um, and so it's just hard when you have things written in a novelized format because they're 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 not condensed. But I think that's why The Witcher does it so well, because the original things were written as short stories. And so that's very easy to take apart and yes. condense down into a show or a yeah. video game or something. Yeah. And there's a lot of jumping around in the book, too, especially the, the last witch uh, wish, the first one that I read through recently, like it, it's you see a lot of those snapshots that you see in like the Netflix series. And it's it's fun because like the way they jump around and they make sense of it there, like it, that same thing happens in the book. Like you're you're literally jumping through time to different points in, in his, you know, his experience. And so, you know, I, I haven't read enough of them yet to get to a point to where like, OK, so am I going to get to a point in the books where I am I'm like in his mind or in him where he's at presently or are we just jumping around and, and talking about the experiences that we have snapshots? I haven't by? finished them either. So I can't ah, tell you. <laughs> I know I need to get through them so I can know this. Cause this is the thing I'm really curious about. Um, cause it's, yeah, it's really well done. It's super, super well done. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And so if you're into the Witcher stuff that is happening, um, they've got the, like, I'm gonna link it in chat one more time here. You can go check it out. I'm promoting it cause I love the Witcher stuff and that's just a good time and it looks really great. And I'm a, really enjoy seeing what they actually come up with for like a con. Um, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like, even though it's, you know, clearly online for the most part. So um, I think that's a good, I think that's a good stopping point, right? I think that's a good stopping point for today. 
Um, we've talked about a lot of stuff and things. I definitely think it's going to leave us with a good spot to pick up next time. Um, so we're definitely going to be doing that next week, everybody. Um, gentlemen, what a hell of a show. Uh, you know, this is what happens after three weeks, dude. We, we rant for the entire time and feel like we got just enough out. So when we come back next week, we can talk about more and pick up where we left off. So maybe it's a good thing we take breaks sometimes. I'm not complaining. It, it worked out well. Um, gentlemen, why don't you shout out your domains and where people can find you when you're not on the show? We'll start with Renfell. Uh, right now, uh, the best place to go is patreon.com forward slash Renfell, also youtube.com forward slash Renfell. But I'm also pretty active on TikTok and other places. And you can find the links on mm -hmm. YouTube and Patreon to join our Discord and stuff. But the Patreon's the number one place because of everything I'm doing with Project Dramon. So go nice. over there. Outstanding. And, uh, Nathan, you can find me on YouTube, the Nathan Napalm, or on Twitter, the Nathan Napalm. Um, come check me out because it's lots of goodies, lots of goodies. Outstanding, and to everybody who listens to this podcast and and hangs out here with us when we're live, much appreciation and love for y'all. Really appreciate the investment you make while we, you know, gather around and rant. Um, speaking of rants, you know, might be the end of this one, but we uh, we're always looking for more to join the party. Hit me up if you're interested. And until next week, y'all stay safe out there. We'll see you again real soon. Good night, everybody.